0: Insert theme music here. Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast.
1: I'm Carrie.
0: And I'm Rachel. And today we're talking season one, episode three,
1: Emancipation.
0: More yeah. theme may be inserted here, we don't know. Maybe,
1: we'll see. We apparently, we have a theme song coming, people, so stay tuned. It's going to be epic and amazing. And if it's um, not, pretend that it is, because we will You don't have to. You won't have to pretend, though, because it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. So before we get into this week's episode, I had homework from last time, if you remember, when we were talking about why doesn't the kawoosh destroy the iris? Oh, yeah. I I did did not
0: remember. I'm glad you reminded us.
1: I did. So I did my homework. This it's never answered in canon. Never has been answered in canon, why? So this is all sort of just fan theory and speculation based on what we do know from canon. Mm -hmm. So, basically, two things come into play here. One, you don't need the big splash kawoosh in order to establish a wormhole, because we see at least the Nox do it, and it might happen one other time, where they just sort of, the the wormhole just becomes active and there's no splash kawoosh thing. Mm -hmm. So... And then the other thing has to do with the distance the iris is from, like, the sort of gate activation ring, if you will. That distance allows the Event Horizon water splash thing. Because if, if you watch the gate engage, like, it all sort of comes in from the ring into the middle and then splashes out. Mm-hmm. The ring engages but there's then not enough room for the kawoosh to happen so the kawoosh just doesn't even happen basically no. is what the internet says and the, the internet iris, is always right yes the internet is always right so the iris doesn't get destroyed by the kawoosh because there is no kawoosh is what i've been able to deduct from what i read
0: in your homework then were you able to discern what is the kawoosh if it doesn't need to happen and also doesn't happen in some episodes anyway where we don't have the iris uh what is it is it just
1: decorative it it's just sort of the energy output from because you know it takes extreme amounts of energy to make the wormhole so just once the wormhole is formed that there's a tremendous amount of energy and some of it just gets released in the whoosh Ah, so it's just extra wormhole it's just extra wormhole yeah plus wormhole yes wormhole plus that just that (laughs)
0: destroys anything in its path it's the wormhole extreme Oh, it's only funny if you see more of the show. It is. It's really funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So any other questions or did did I, did I, did I do my homework? Do I get a hundred percent teacher? Did I do it? And a star. Oh, oh, yay. Thank you. I appreciate it so much.
0: Congratulations. Well done. Well done you for actually remembering that you have homework and then doing the homework.
1: Well, I make, I make notes, you know, while we're doing this thing. Oh that so. <laughs> i do not make notes that's okay all right so on to this week's episode emancipation uh this originally aired on august 8 1997 it was written by kathryn powers which we'll get back to her in a minute and it was directed by jeff wolnough or wolno i'm not sure how you pronounce it it's w o o l n o u g h would you say that's like Woolnough or wolno
0: Maybe we could do a little bit of both and go Will no Will
1: Will just gonna go with yeah German
0: like like
1: like Van Gogh maybe <laughs> like Yes then that would be Will like mm-hmm. Van Gogh. The general summary of this episode is Carter rebels against the social customs of an alien civilization after she is kidnapped and traded to a tribal leader. So this is a very sort of contentious episode in the fandom. A lot of people just think it's like the worst Stargate episode ever. Some people think it's really great, but I think most people just don't don't like it. This is not this is not on anybody's like top 10 lists really. Which there might be a reason for that, which is because Katherine Powers who wrote this episode basically ripped off her own script from a Star Trek The Next Generation episode, which was also coincidentally Season 1, Episode 3, called Code of Honor.
0: Oh, man, that makes so much sense. Because every time I watch it, I'm like, this is like a Star Trek episode where they go to a planet and they try to teach them a lesson, thereby teaching the audience at large a lesson on some sort of social commentary.
1: Yep. Oh, it makes so much sense. And it is, and also, so Star Trek: The Next Generation is also on Netflix. So if you want to go watch that episode once you're done listening to our podcast, and you can see, because oh, I went and did that, and was like, "Yeah, it's." I mean, there's differences in you know stuff because two different series, but yeah, it's is the it same pretty plot. much the same
0: plot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Do you think they noticed it at the time?
1: Well, the the, the, what, the one thing, so when I found that out. I, you know, sort of kept trying to dig into it and I could not find anything about, like, did they ask her to do this this? or did she come to them and say, hey, this could make a good Stargate episode? I don't know how the Star Trek episode became the Stargate episode and who wanted it that way. Unfortunately, there was no information about that. Mm -hmm. If you don't think this seems like a Stargate episode, it's probably because it's not. Yeah, it pretty much does not flow. No, it really doesn't. And it it just the way Carter is in this episode is very much like not how she is in the rest of the episode. And there's a lot of that from like the pilot episode that Carter, who's like, just because my reproductive organs are on the inside, blah, blah, blah stuff that just, you know, doesn't really match up with how Carter is in the rest of the series. But so let's get into it and see if we like it or not as we talk through it. Um, I'm excited. Yes.
0: To find out whether or not I like it.
1: You don't know yet? We'll find out. Okay. So this episode opens in kind of an interesting shot where we're sort of like in the wormhole. And then like we sort of back out as Carter comes through, which is interesting that, you know, we start on Carter and she's basically the main character in this episode, which is interesting.
0: I would also like to point out that at this point they have abandoned the idea of trying to show that every time you go through the wormhole, you come out like super cold. Yes. That got
1: dropped real quick. Yeah. So there's no immediate signs of life around the gate, but then dogs start barking and we see a boy being chased. And it kind of reminds me of um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where there's a boy being chased by like the dog. (laughs) And I I don't know what the timing is because they were both around the same time, like late 90s. And I forget which one came first. I was like, that just reminds me of that other thing. So, Jack fires his gun, like, up in the air, and it sort of scares the dogs off. Sam and Tilk go chase after them to just sort of make sure that they stay away, and Jack and Daniel check on the boy, and he introduces himself as Abu of the Shavadai, the people of the steppe, and Daniel seems very intrigued by this. Uh, Fun fact, did you recognize Abu? No, I did not. He is the Blue Power Ranger. In which version? Because my version,
0: my Power Ranger version, the Blue Ranger, was like oh a oh, white nerdy dude
1: um i'm not sure i never watched the power rangers but that is just a fun fact i found while doing research for this episode ah oh, well so and I'm just surprised like you of, didn't do your research on that i do, i i've never i thought he would i thought there was just the blue ranger and there was the red ranger i didn't know there were very oh no many there's been like 87 people. versions okay.
0: of the power rangers by now That's every incarnation remakes
1: blah, blah 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 you name it it's been done So Jack and Daniel introduce themselves and then Carter and Tilk come back and Abu says, you know, they'll be very welcome in his father's camp as they've never met people from so far away because at this point SG-1 is pretending to be uh, the people of the river from that same planet because they don't know if these people know about the Stargate and then it goes to other planets. You kind of don't want to just, I think, crash land that onto people you just met. Like, hey, we came from another planet. Wait, what? You know. Also, at this point, I
0: would like to point out that they have abandoned the whole, hey, we might speak a different language than you thing. Yes. So the guy just shows up and he's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And yes. they can they can just talk to each other. Yes. That will never not stick out in my brain.
1: Uh, oh, TV conventions that we just have to hand wave away because otherwise episodes would be four hours long as you'd have to translate everything between languages. Cardi and come back, Abu sees her, and he's very shocked and surprised and like goes up to jack and whispers like this is a woman jack's like yeah this is she's a woman and daniel's you know going into anthropo- anthropologist mode like this guy has to be a cultural thing and carter just walks straight up to abu and he turns away and saying he can't look at her and this just makes her so mad like, she's like, just look, why can't you look at me? It's like, okay, I, car- I get that you don't like this, but you don't know what situation you're stepping into. Like, bring it down a notch. Like, she's sort of up at, like, an 11 or 12 at this point, which is just weird and unnecessary, I think.
0: Did you also notice that at no other point in the show did
1: they address whether or not you can look at women? Yeah, is it just is it strange women they can't look at because there's women back at the camp? Is it just because she doesn't have, like, the face veil on? If, like, she yeah. had a face veil on, was, is she fine to look at?
0: I, I think that's what they were trying to get at, but also then for the rest of the episode she doesn't have it on. Yeah. And somehow they're all okay with it.
1: Maybe he figures he already looked at her, so... <laughs> I've already seen what's sort of under I've movie. already is seen the face, <laughs> so I might as well just keep looking at it.
0: Just... Just keep going. Okay, proceed. <laughs>
1: okay. So, more people come running in on horseback, and Abu's like, Take her and go because he knows nothing good is going to happen. Daniel comments that these must be, uh, these people must be descended from the Mongols of like Mongolia, which does make sense. So, Abu tries to get his people to leave them alone and be like, Stop. You know, she saved my life. It's fine. And Daniel's like, Yeah, we're going to go. We'll take her. We'll leave. But it's just, it's too late. One of them shoves Daniel and draws his sword. Somebody else draws a bow and arrow. We draw our guns. And then it's just opening credits. So that's a very sort of abrasive start to an episode. (laughs) All right. So the weapons are drawn. Jack fires his gun into the air again, spooking the horses and the people. Because obviously these people have never seen a gun before, have no idea what it is. And then uh, an older man comes over the hill on horseback. And we... Learn this is Abu's father, Mughal. Abu explains that our team saved him from the dogs that were chasing him and wanted to, like, eat him. And Mughal tries to get people to put their weapons down. But she's a woman! Yeah. They have a woman with them! And Abu tries to explain that, you know, they're from the people of the river. They're from far away. They don't know their ways. But the law is the law. And... McGall asks what kind of weaponry they have, and Carter explains it sort of shoots like their bow and arrow does, and immediately somebody goes, she speaks, she dies. So apparently women can't speak or be seen in this culture, which... It's very inconsistent.
0: Yeah. It that, is. that it seems just in this culture, women are more property than people, yes. but they're very inconsistent on on the rules of their own culture, the rules of her own culture of, you know, I can't look at you. I can't speak with you. You're speaking to me. You're dead. But then she's talking for the rest of the episode. Yeah. She has to wear the face thing. She doesn't wear the face thing. Uh, It's, it's very inconsistent on on what their women can do in their own culture.
1: Yeah. So Abu tries to stop his people from killing our people because, you know, Carter saved his life and Mughal eventually agrees that since, she helped save a life, hers cannot be taken in return, but that if they want to sort of stay and travel, that SG-1 needs to learn their ways. So Sam just wants to leave, but Daniel's like, but this is such an ancient, you know, culture and peoples that don't really exist like this anymore, think of all we could learn if we stay. If we go and, like, learn the rules and the way, we'll be fine. It'll all be fine. Off we go. And our team is shown to attend to do whatever, and we sort of get a rundown of the culture and how it works. And Mughal says, among our people, it is death for a woman to show her face in public. Abu adds, or to wear the clothes of a man. And Mughal then adds, the old laws wait heavily. It is well you saved Abu from the dogs. It gave me a way to prevent your death. So Mughal seems to like understand that their way of life is their way of life, but not really like it that much. And kind of seems to be like, I get it's weird and silly, but this is, it is how it is. So this is what we have to do kind of a thing, which is interesting. Uh, they talk about how they have really great animals and wonderful medicines and Abu will show them to Sam, but first she must be properly attired. And Sam's like, I'm sorry, I have to be prop. What? What do you mean I have to be properly attired? And Daniel explains that, you know, that's, that's some, this is something anthropologists do all the time. They sort of dress and live in the culture and, like, the people that they're studying. And Sam's like, but I'm not an anthropologist. And then with, like, the biggest grin on his face, Jack turns around and says, you are today. He just seemed way too enthusiastic for some reason. I don't know. It was really weird, his sort of enthusiasm for making Sam into an anthropologist for the day. It was weird. I think he was just
0: really excited about seeing her in whatever kind of outfit they came up with.
1: Oh, oh we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Sam gets led away by one of the Shavadai women and Abu shows the guys around the camp. And we're introduced to a gentleman who has a really bad shoulder wound of some sort. It looks like he, I don't know, was shot with an arrow or like a tree fell on him. I don't know. There's, he's just got this big gross wound on his shoulder. And, they treated it with one of their medicines and it no longer hurt. And Daniel's like, maybe this could be like an anesthetic, which would be cool. So then we get brought to the tent where Sam was and she's in this like bright blue dress with this ridiculous headdress and all of the boys, including like tilk and Jack everybody seems just completely flabbergasted at seeing Sam in a dress. Like it's, I just like. <laughs> it's just it's just a dress guys it's I get you have probably only seen her in like fatigues and like her like dress blues but like it's very over the top it's very over the top and Abu's like you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen uh, okay again it's just it's too much Sam's not happy she's like I'm not wearing the face veil thing like the hat's ridiculous enough I'm not wearing the veil thing too
0: which really is the important part, because she's not supposed to be able to show her face.
1: Right. So the one, like, the most important part of the outfit, she's, like, not doing it. Then they mention that Abu showed them that, you know, drug thing. And Sam's like, great, I get to stay with the women while the men go party. And that that is basically what happened. Like, the men are all at, like, this big bonfire party thing. And Sam's just asleep in the tent because the women can't do anything in the society right now. But someone comes in to the tent... Holds a knife to her throat. She tries to grab her gun. Somebody else, like, holds her wrist so she can't. And Sam gets taken. So this is two people that abduct her? It seems to be, because just from the position, because, like, there's a right hand holding a knife and then a right hand holding her wrist. So it seems to be two people. That's like, I don't god, think... isn't
0: it, for the rest yeah. of the plot line?
1: it does who who's this other who's the other mystery person but then the next morning daniel comes to get sam since apparently we're leaving already but sam's not there and we find out it's abu who took sam there off in the woods and abu wants something from someone and he is going to trade sam for what he wants and like no you can't do that because sam is a person you don't just trade people like they're a bag of rocks or something it's very ridiculous
0: Here's another thing though, which was pointed out to me, and I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. So, if in this culture women are property, Abu has basically stolen someone else's property. Like, why would he think yes. it was okay to take the other person's woman yeah. and sell her? I don't think that was ever brought up.
1: No, it wasn't. But that, I mean, yeah, that is one of the the missing plot points of why is it okay to take someone else's property and use it as if it was your own? Wrong. It's totally it's wrong. wrong. It's Not. Nope wrong 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 wrong. everybody's just wrong in this episode boo blue power ranger boo (laughs) so our team wants to go look for sam and daniel for some reason tries to like de-escalate the situation even though what jack wants to do is perfectly reasonable like his soldier has been taken we need to go find her like you can't just sit and wait for something to happen in the situation And Mughal mentions that his son's horse is missing and he like, he he seems to hint that he might know what's going on, but doesn't really want to let us know because he wants to also protect his son, but his son has something bad. And apparently there's something uh, with one of the hooves of Abu's horse is like chipped in a way. So now that Tilk knows that about the horse, he believes he can sort of track that specific horse footprint to try and follow Abu and Sam, so they all get horses, and off we go in search of Sam. Abu and Sam arrive at another camp. This leader guy, Tragon, he's just, he's so mean. He's just a terrible person, and just overly aggressive, and is apparently the enemy of Abu's father. And we still don't know what Abu wants, but apparently this guy has it, and he's going to trade Sam to Tragon for whatever it is he wants, and, like, they try to, like, bargain for the price, and at a, this whole scene is just gross work. He's, like, selling Sam to this guy, and he's just, like, I do... Ugh, ugh. And then, uh, this young girl comes into the tent, and Abu stares at her, and she, tears, she stares at him, and this is Naya, who's apparently Turgon's daughter, even though she looks nothing like Turgon, and apparently... This is the thing that Abu wants. Abu wants to trade Sam for Naya, but... Naya's already been promised in marriage to another chieftain who's probably like her father's age which is just also another gross thing Mm -hmm. and because she's his daughter Turgon's like you're gonna marry the chieftain dude because you have to do what I say and so he gives Abu a bunch of money instead and then he leaves and then Naya starts crying and then Sam gets slapped and it's just like can we like be done with this scene already please it's just unpleasant.
0: And should we mention who Targon is played by?
1: Who is Targon played by? Oh, man, I
0: can't pronounce his name. I'm looking at it right now on IMDb. But he should be rem- remember, rem- remembered from such awesome things as Mortal Kombat and Planet of the Apes. Ah. Things where he's just like the classic awesome, I'm going to look at you with my piercing evil eyes and say evil things to
1: you slowly. To well, make then... It- well, then he's huh? perfectly cast as Tregon because huh? that's, like, that's exactly what he does in this episode.
0: Also so. fun IMDb fact. Yes. The Blue Ranger version that Abu was in wasn't yes. until like 2003. Oh, really?
1: What? Then what did I read? The thing I read was wrong then. I'm sorry, people. I apologize for not doing proper research <laughs> into who yeah. people are. Research properly on
0: IMDb <laughs> next time because that is, of course, 100% factual.
1: I'm sorry. I apologize. I'll try to do better next week. Power
0: Rangers Ninja
1: Storm. Oh, okay. See, I told you I know nothing about the Power Rangers. I just saw Storm. a thing that said, he was the blue Power Ranger. It's like, great. And oh, yeah, I there's, just stopped there. Many, many different Power Rangers. Okay. Okay. And I apologize. To... I'm sorry. I'll do better next time. So, SG1 is now stopped by River to, like, rest their horses for a bit and, like, have a little snack. And Mughal promises that he will pay our men anything if we're not able to get Sam back. And Daniel's like, it doesn't work like that because we don't own women. They're their own people. She's her her own person. Nobody owns her. And Daniel then mentions an an old tale about how Shavadi women were once free and even fought alongside their husbands. And that these could have been sort of the origin of the Amazon legend here on Earth. And Mughal does agree that this is an old legend, but that the laws were changed to protect the women from the demons that brought them here, which is the Gould, obviously. So Mughal seems to be sort of trying to change their ways like a little bit, like he only has one wife when apparently other chieftains have many wives, and he like actually loves her, which is cool, even though that kind of means his people don't really respect him maybe as much, because he doesn't have multiple wives and he actually loves the one wife he does have, not which weird. I mean, I mean, good for him. I'm glad he's, you know, went that route with it. But it's then weird that that's a, a a thing to not be respected. So back to camp, uh, we see Abu is like sneaking out of the woods and he finds Naya in a tent and begs her to come away with him later that night and that he'll be waiting for her by a specific tree. So they're apparently just going to run away in the middle of the night, regardless of what. Turgon says, or once.
0: So the whole kidnapping thing didn't work? No, it did not. No. Nope. Ugh. It sounded like the
1: best plan ever. Didn't it just? <sighs> I don't know how this didn't work out for him. Man, it was flawless. Yeah, apparently not. So Turgon is talking with Sam and trying to figure out how she can serve him. She says she's a warrior. Turgon tries to, like, imitate, intimidate her, and she. Like apologizes, which I think she's just sort of trying to play along and not just be gutted right there in the tent, basically, because she kind of turns on a dime from being like, "I'm strong warrior woman too. I'm sorry, yes sir, I will, I will obey," which was kind of weird. But you it know, was
0: also, it was also strange that he was even, you know, bothering to have a conversation with her. Yeah, because if there's property, just just why? smack her and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that to be very weird in, in the characters of, you know, why would he even bother to find out anything about this woman, whether or not she has skills or talk to her about where she's from or it was it was all very strange.
1: Yeah. And he then he then comments that the spirits must have brought her here to teach her how to be a woman. Ugh. Oof. No. No. Just <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Do you ever want to
0: use that in a conversation? The spirits must have brought you here to teach you how to be a man. <laughs>
1: yeah. I've, I've not yet had an opportunity to use that, but I might have to stick that one in my back pocket for later. <laughs> just kind of bring that that one out in casual conversation
0: and yeah. know, see how it
1: goes over and let yeah. me know. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we cut to sometime later and Sam's sitting by a fire, just like cutting up food when Naya comes in and like, drops her basket of stuff and just starts crying and the other women take her away so sam's left alone so she takes the knife that she was using to cut up the food like hides it in her dress and then escapes out of the back of the tank, gets on a horse and starts riding away she does not get away though because apparently there's like guards in the forest and one of them whistles and it starts the horse and she falls off so she gets dragged back to turkan And he says that the women who were responsible for her will be punished since they didn't keep an eye on her. So all those women who went to help Naya are now in trouble. And Sam manages to stop him from beating the one woman who's like, I'm the one who ran away. If you're going to punish somebody, punish me, which, I mean, I guess good on Sam for that. But still, why is anybody being punished for anything, you know? (laughs) And and then, she, what's the line? She also says,
0: like, if you need to, if you need to beat a woman to feel like a man, yes. go ahead and <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> another little jab in there. If you need to feel like a man,
1: yeah. But then and then his reply to that is, I value spir- I value spirit in my horses, not my women. And then just like kisses her, and it's just more. Yeah, all, it's more. It's all very you, creepy and
0: weird. Aren't you
1: gross? Cringe. It's it's all it's,
0: very creepy and weird.
1: Yeah. So Naya and Sam then have a conversation by the fire about what's going on and that, you know, Naya's is supposed to be traded to their married off to this other chieftain and Naya wants to refuse but she needs Sam's help and Sam's like, Sam's got Naya's back. We at least know that much, which is good because Naya does not deserve to be married off to like some 50-year-old gross evil chieftain when she's probably like 14 or 15 herself in this scenario, which is just like doubly gross. So SG-1 and Mughal have finally tracked Sam to Turgon's camp, but they're sort of still on the perimeter and haven't approached yet. And they want to wait until it's dark and then just sort of go in and like get Sam. But Mughal's like, that's, that's bad. Because if Turgon finds you, he'll just kill you and he takes no prisoners and it'll be better to wait in the morning when they can go in and request trade, which he can't refuse. But if they wait until tomorrow... What's going to happen to Sam? And Mughal says Turgon will partake in his newest purchase. Uh, no, that's there. We're also not creepy li-
0: and weird. Yes. You know what's interesting about this script? I'm totally going off uh, your description, but yeah. back to the whole discussion earlier when it was noted that this was written by a woman. Like, you yeah. know how it's a really big criticism of male writers when they write women characters, female characters, and they just say the dumbest, most basic yes. stuff. I feel like very much this episode reflected a woman writing for a man. And the men are saying the most basic stupid stuff. Yeah. It's like every single male cliche, dominating cliche. i yeah. like, I value spirit I will partake in my part you know I just I'm sorry to to criticize the writing of of the writer but it it must be done
1: yeah because this this is not a great script really at all but anyway we we will not allow Targon to partake in his newest purchase though we're just we're going to go in right now like it's on this this is another part I don't I don't quite understand sam's reasoning here so okay so sam sort of sees the team and everybody through a little like gap in the tent and she starts a fire to create a distraction so that naya can escape but Targon's already like busy with our dudes like he's already distracted like was the secondary distraction of the fire because she creates the fire where naya is so maybe she just wanted to burn stuff <laughs> And burn it to the ground I'm with you girl Yeah. Like, I don't know I was just I was sort of perplexed by the whole why is this... why are you creating this distraction why... exactly where you shouldn't be looking yeah exactly like <laughs> quick Naya run back there while I start a fire right in front of you like you start the fire everybody's going to come there where you don't want them to be And I didn't, I didn't really follow with they didn't what the have a big offer. enough set for her to make a fire elsewhere I guess I don't know So anyway, so apparently negotiations have begun to get Sam back.
0: Were they going to trade a camel?
1: (laughs) If they had a camel, I'm sure they would. So Daniel tries to explain how sort of very important Carter is to them, but Turgon doesn't really believe them and just tells them to leave. So Jack pulls out his gun and shoots the candle that's sort of hanging in this like macrame rope hanger. And Turgon, being the sort of warlord dude that he is, of course it's like weapon Gu- yes please I will take that so they trade that single gun with it's like five bullets for Carter and they're like Jack's like let's go let's go let's go because he knows there's only like five bullets left and trigon is like just firing the gun in the air going Whoa, look at this look at this not knowing it's going to stop working soon so They hightail it out of there. We're back in the woods on our way back to uh, Mughal's camp. It's night. Sam's never been so happy to see the guys. And it's like, Jack goes, oh, sure, you have. Remember that time on P3X 595 and you drank that stuff that made you take off? What? What happened on P3X 595? I want to know. She took
0: off her socks. Hello.
1: Oh, is that what it was? She
0: took her socks off. She got her socks blown off. Or, you know, okay. what, what's the expression? Is it blow your socks off? Blow your socks off? Yeah. Okay. It happened. Knock your socks off? Knock your socks off. There you go. Her socks were knocked off. Okay. Literally. I mean, I bet if you actually saw that happen in real life, it would make an amazing story.
1: So the mi- that that is something the Mythbusters try to do, and it is not possible <laughs> to knock somebody's <laughs> socks off. <laughs> that would make a great story. <laughs> yeah, it was so. If it did happen, it would make a really great story. <laughs> We're filling uh, in the
0: pothole. That's what happened.
1: Okay. All right. Sock on Knocked off. Got it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Sam is sort of very uh, nice and forgiving here and doesn't blame Mughal or Abu for what happened, which I 100% blame Abu for what happened. This is all Abu's fault. Like, Absolutely. Uh, Abu is not blameless in any sense of the word. This is 100% his fault. But But he was in love. Whatever. It doesn't justify kidnapping a woman and trying to sell her to a rival chieftain. It's just not how things work. Apparently they decided to camp in the woods because then the next morning the team is woken up by horses running through the woods. It's Abu, who was apparently just wandering around the woods with Naya, I guess. We don't really find out. I guess Naya met up with Abu at the tree after Sam started the fire... The brilliant distraction worked, hello. Distraction, I guess. Of lighting uh, the
0: fire exactly
1: where she was. Right. Yes. So Targon has caught Naya trying to escape 12 hours later? A, a so, lot of time has, hap- has passed since Naya escaped and Abu found her people, so apparently they didn't go very far. But anyway, so Naya's been caught and she's going to be stoned to death, which that's, you know, awesome. And so Carter tries to argue that they have to go back. Jack doesn't really want to get involved and start a war. And Sam reminds him of the special forces motto, De Oppresso Liber, to free from oppression, which Jack's like, that's true, but that's, you know, on our world, not this one. And Daniel pulls the sort of basically the prime directive bullshit out and is like we can't get involved in other cultures and i'm like yes yes we do have to get involved like especially in situations like this yes we do have to get involved
0: which so, also totally makes sense now that you mentioned that this is
1: basically just a star trek episode right yeah so they don't call it the prime directive but that's basically what daniel does hmm So Daniel asks Mughal if there's maybe some sort of, like, old law that we could take advantage of so that this can all be resolved without just having to start an all-out war. And Mughal's like, yeah, there might be one. So back in Turgon's camp, Naya's about to be put to death and she begs for forgiveness and her father leans in and whispers, I forgive you, but then orders her to be stoned anyway. So real great father there you got. Well, uh, as long as his conscience is clear. Yeah, I guess. So, Mughal enters the camp and challenges the stoning based on the ancient law of Archon Tyr. Basically, it seems like another chieftain can challenge him to combat, and if the other chieftain wins, the punishment is not carried out. But Mughal has a bad leg, and Turgon's like, I'm not going to fight you, you're an old cripple, and I will kill you in two seconds, so what are you going to do? So Sam steps in and challenges him, which Sam's not a chieftain. Like, I know we know Sam's not a chieftain, but I think he knows Sam's... uh, Which
0: they wouldn't even, you know, entertain the idea if they basically just interpret her to be property.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, but Turgon accepts the challenge anyway, for whatever reason, probably imagining he can you know once again show dominance over a woman and it'll all be fine and then he can start his war and it'll be great so jack tries to give sam a pep talk but it's not really working like he's just pulling out those cliches like keep your boots up and yeah you know, all that there stuff. there is no I in team there's no <laughs> all, the, all that ridiculous stuff but sam will be fine she's a level three advanced in hand-to-hand combat whatever that means which i honestly i don't think it means anything in like the little bit I was able to find. Like it does that's just it's just gibberish. So, Makes you wish that
0: they would just kind of bring out their like, I'm a level three wizard.
1: <laughs> what's 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 your what's your charisma though? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Sam Sam steps into the ring and like basically gets in like a boxer's stance and then Dragon pulls out his big ass sword and Jack's like, wait a minute. We didn't say anything about weapons. It's like, how did you not think there would be weapons, Jack? Like, really? You thought this was just going to be, like, fisticuffs? Like, no. This is, like, a battle, like, to the death with swords and stuff. So Sam pulls out, like, her little, like, knife that's, like, in her, in her, like, her little boot, which is, you know, the whole don't bring a knife to a gunfight. I don't know. It's a knife versus a sword. It's, like, kind of ridiculous. But she's somehow in her own and is like dodging and weaving and manages to get in close and like stab him in the side. And then she's a attacks- level three wizard. Cause she's a level three wizard. He attacks her back and like gets her in kind of a chokehold thing but she gets out of that and disarms him and she gets him on his back with her, his, with her knife to his throat and she doesn't want to kill him. So she gets him to agree to the terms that everybody's free to go and like Naya can go off with Abu and Sam is free to go and SG-1 is free to go and there will be no war against anybody. Yay.
0: And everything is magically fixed.
1: And everything is magically fixed. With fighting. Yes. So but now there's going to be a wedding. Abu and Naya are going to get married. And they're like, hey, do you want to stay? It's gonna be a six-day wedding. Which is <laughs> like, that's a big wedding. But we can't stay, obviously. We have to get back home. As our team leaves, we hear Mughal call out, All Shavaday be free, and like all the various sort of like tents and curtains that are hung up are like pulled down and knocked down and the women all remove their face scarves and this is how they will remember Carter by freeing the women. Yay yay uh sure good good on you i mean this one tribe Mughal, at least yay for you um i'm shaking my head at this just no i'm picturing
0: like five minutes after they leave all of the men just going
1: yeah we're just kidding (laughs) get back to work so but like but i i mean what does that even mean the women like aren't Trained for like, are they gonna start training the women to fight? Like, are the men, are the women gonna start teaching the men how to cook and sew and plant? Um, they're crops gonna go
0: work in the stuff. factories,
1: you know. <laughs> okay. As she wants like walking back to the gate, talking about you know the new anesthesia that we got that could be a game changer. But of course, somebody else is gonna have to get the credit because nobody can know that this new drug came from an alien planet. And then Jack goes, damn, because I'm gonna have to cancel that Oprah interview. And then Tilcros. What is an Oprah? <laughs> Which is kind of funny. And then the end. That's and there's all. there's the sitcom close of, oh, you. Yes. That was Emancipation. What so we didn't think? get at
0: the bottom of whether or not you liked it. I did not like it. I do not like this episode. No. It was no. a terrible, awful, no good, very bad episode. Yes, I yes. am with the entire fandom that wishes that episode did not happen.
1: Yeah. it's This episode does not need to exist because... Nothing that happens here has any impact on anything else. Everybody's just super out of character. Can we
0: make it like the the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift of the Stargate world and just kind of (laughs) (laughs) pretend that it didn't happen and come back to it eight years later?
1: Well, well, they're retconning Tokyo Drift now into the franchise. They're doing what now in the who? They're actually admitting that it happened? Yes, but Tokyo Drift happens after six, like four or five and six happen in between two and three or something like that.
0: Yeah. And then they go back and they realize, and they Oh, we should probably, we should probably acknowledge it's... this
1: movie, our bastard yeah. child. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so I think it like chronolog. if you were to watch the fast and furious in chronological order of, of this, of what happens in the series, I think it goes one, two, four, five, six, three. Seven, eight, nine, ten, up to 20. <laughs> and then I think eight is, no, and no, seven, eight, nine is the next one that's coming out um, later this year at some point. Which... I really
0: need to write a letter about, I really want them to make one that's just fast and or furious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at some point in
0: time in the movie, someone
1: is one, the other, or both. <laughs> like so- something happens to the car and he's, he's real mad, but he's only driving like 10 miles an hour.
0: <laughs> he's just mad. He's not furious or fast.
1: He's, no, he's furious, he's but, furious. He's slow, right. but he's yeah. slow. You're right. And then the traffic clears up, so he can go fast. So that means he's happy because he's not stuck in traffic right. anymore.
0: Yes. It's fast and or furious. One or <laughs> yes. the other. Sometimes yes. both, but not all at the same time. Not together. You want to watch that movie now, don't you? I
1: yes oh paul walker oh oh Oh, no i'm sad oh
0: Oh. fun fact i think the original blue ranger is also dead (laughs) is that a fun fact (laughs) i don't think that's a fun fact (laughs) it's just
1: a fact i think that's just a fact
0: i'm gonna look that one up because i want to know whether or not i've declared somebody's dead (laughs)
1: Are we are we going to start an internet rumor that somebody's dead?
0: Well, there was a whole. I mean, you don't know about the Power Rangers lore, but no, in, the, in the world of the original Power Rangers, there was something about um a Power Ranger curse where like if you were a certain color, you were just doomed. Like those oh. people in real life always had you know just bad, no good, very bad things happen to them.
1: Oh, that's not good.
0: It was not good. No. Oh Oh, no. No. Still alive. Okay. IMDB has not reported. Is it the green Power Ranger
1: or yellow? What are they? I know
0: it was at least the yellow, but I thought it was more than one had.
1: Maybe you could just Google Power Rangers curse.
0: (gasps) Power Rangers curse because the internet is always right.
1: Yes. Somebody somebody has written that up somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> there is there's an old GeoCities page <laughs> that <laughs> details the curse of the Power Rangers.
0: Power Ranger curse.
1: Was I right? Is there a whole webpage just devoted to it?
0: Oh, there is multiple. <gasps> oh, haha. Oh, tragedies that
1: lead some people to believe there is a Power uh, Ranger curse. Okay, mm. so it's not a curse, there's just a thing that people think is a curse.
0: Well, because you know, it's one of those things where is it a coincidence, or is it just... Right. Just coincident enough
1: to be a curse.
0: Right. We may never know, because
1: yeah. we're not Power Rangers, and never will be. No, nope, Unfortunately not. Alright. Anything else about Emancipation, or <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think we're done with that, this one. About
0: Emancipation, Fast and the Furious, or Power Rangers. <laughs> or both, because or both. I would really love to see power rangers in a fast and or furious movie with an appearance by stargate therefore this has
1: to take place on another planet yes huh oh i was wrong about the order okay i, I did have to go look it up because like i had to know um so the correct movie order for the fast and furious franchise for those of you out there who care is one two oh no i, I was right one two four five six three seven eight yes you were right i was right okay I'll look at you Hey, hey. Yes. have you actually seen Tokyo Drift? No, I have not. No, I know, but I think I'm probably gonna have to because I think it plays heavily into Nine, or because Han comes back in Nine somehow. I remember from the trailer. So, so they isn't the
0: isn't the entire reason why that kind of pretended. Tokyo Drift did not exist was because they wanted Han's character to still be in it and so now they're just flat out like bringing him back from the dead
1: well I think the main reason it was sort of discounted from original canon is that it did not have Dom or Brian in it it did not have anybody from like the first two movies in it it was like a whole new cast of characters for and the most a cameo part
0: the end.
1: I haven't seen it so I don't know who the cameo I don't
0: Dom makes was... a cameo in the end but oh okay it
1: okay so yeah i think that's why the reason why it got it gets sort of shoved to the side is because who are these people we don't know who any of these people are why are we in tokyo like this doesn't make any sense but based on the first two but because they wanted tokyo drift man
0: i would definitely at least watch it if nothing else for the soundtrack soundtrack's okay. pretty fun
1: okay i'll have to see if yeah. i can find it online somewhere maybe that'll be my next saturday night movie
0: now that we've rambled enough, I no. do not, in fact, have any further commentary on okay. the Stargate SG-1 Episode 3 Emancipation, other than I did not approve. Zero stars would not recommend.
1: Okay, I agree. Zero stars. Uh, you can skip this one in your rewatch. But please, but please listen to this episode. You don't need to watch the g <laughs> one episode. But please listen to this episode, which considering this is the end of the episode, hopefully you you have done and not just somehow skipped to the end without listening to anything.
0: Yeah, that makes no sense. We did not have a shocking no. reveal.
1: No, we did not. No. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. You can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Yay! Yay! look at us all official and everything uh, you can find us on twitter at sg underscore rewatch or email us at woo that's w-o-o rewatch at gmail.com uh don't forget to rate and review us now that we're on apple podcasts and all that stuff please rate and review so we can get you know found in the search and everything that'd be great we would appreciate it very much and we will see you next week for the broca divide thanks everybody bye bye